1: All right, it's 7.07 here on The Good Neighbor, News Talk 830-WCCO, and it's time to check in with our guy who loves to cover the National Football League and specifically the Minnesota Vikings. His name is Matthew Collin from the Purple Insider, and he joins us now on the show via the John schuster Cole Baker Hotline. What's up, Matthew?
2: Oh, not much. Uh, if uh, those are listening at home, uh, my wife, Swan Martin, is calling a volleyball game now on Big Ten Network. Nice. So I'm, watching, so I'm watching that instead of football. And also football, not that exciting this evening.
1: Well, I was just about to say, um, are you going to have the dual TV thing going on, number one? And then number two, this has got to be one of the worst matchups of the year, it's specifically with the timing of Jonathan Taylor being hurt for the Indianapolis Colts. I mean, Colts versus Broncos tonight. That's going to be brutal, and it's on Prime. So go, Jeff Bezos. You go.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, shoot this one into space. Actually, um, yeah, I do have the uh, the multi TV setup. I'll have it on my phone the, the football game and watch uh, Sloan on the TV. But uh, this is one. I mean, this is why they play the games, right? Because if you had asked me at the beginning of the season about this game, I would have said, "Well, yeah, it looks like a pretty good matchup." Like. Denver should be a legit contender. Indianapolis with Matt Ryan should be all right. But, you know, I think um, Indianapolis is trying to be the Minnesota Vikings of the 90s where they just keep trying quarterbacks who are old and who have been with other teams until the wheels come off. And um, the wheels came off this year. And so, yeah, there's not a whole lot to get excited about this game, unfortunately. I will still watch it because it's football. But and the other thing is just with, with Russell Wilson, it just feels like, it either feels like they don't know what they're doing with Russell Wilson, or Russell Wilson is just not the same player that he used to be, and it might actually be both.
1: Yeah, it feels that way. It totally does feel that way. Let, let me let, let's talk broadcasting for just one second before we get to Minnesota Vikings stuff. I, I am a fan of the the duo of Buck and Aikman. I, I just I, I think that they're fabulous. I think they're great, you know, partners together. I love having them on Monday Night Football. But I'm telling you, Matthew, Monday Night Football is going to have to be better. They're going to have to be more intentional with these damn matchups. I, I, I just, we want to see good matchups on Monday Night Football. I think that Monday Night Football can get back to being um, a phenomenal product because for years, you know, people kind of, you know, they got away from it, right? But like, for instance, this Monday, we got Raiders and Chiefs. I'm going to watch that. It's Patrick Mahomes, we're going to watch, I'm going to watch. And the Raiders, although they're underachieving, they're still interesting enough to watch. But then the following week, you know what we end up getting? We get these lame-ass Broncos again facing the Chargers. This is is where too much have we tried to stake what we think is going to be a great uh, division onto television, and it doesn't play out that way. The Chargers are not what we, what we thought that they would be. The Broncos clearly aren't, and the Raiders aren't. So now we're going to have back-to-back weeks of that division, and I just we can do better.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, I would uh, like to see a, a redux of, uh, you know, Joe Montana versus Jeff Hostetler on uh, Kansas <laughs> City and, and the Raiders. But, you know, Kansas City and the Raiders have some juice. But I, mean, I, I totally agree with you when it comes to picking these matchups. It seems like the NFL decides that it's sort of going to lean into a couple teams yep. and just not not worry about you know distributing these games evenly, but instead saying, no, these are our teams this year that we think are going to be the national TV teams and we're going to give them all the games and, and so forth. But then if a quarterback gets hurt or if a team is shockingly bad, you're just stuck with a bunch of horrible football. I, I, I do think in the future because they have so many of these broadcasts and there's so much. Money at stake between Sunday night football, Thursday night, and Monday night. And uh, obviously, Thursday night not going anywhere now with uh, Amazon involved. It, why not an equal distribution over the years? And then sometimes, yeah, you're going to end up with some stinkers and everything else, but you do anyway. And at least we wouldn't feel like we were seeing the same teams over and over. It's sort of like how, you know, like Red Sox, Yankees, or Dodgers, and Cardinals or something always end up on Sunday night baseball. Kind of has that, that same sort of feeling.
1: Who's good in the NFL?
2: Oh, I think, yeah, I think there, there are some teams that are starting to, to show their dominance at the moment. Um, Philadelphia, it comes to mind, in the NFC as the team that is far and away, I think, the best uh, because they have the most complete roster. I mean, Jalen Hurts deserves the attention that he's getting, but find me a weakness in the Philadelphia Eagles roster. I mean, if they stay healthy, they're going to be a very difficult team to beat top to bottom Kansas City, I think, after what they did to Tampa Bay, uh, really kind of made it clear, like, oh, yeah, we lost one wide receiver, but we picked up several more, and Mahomes is still Mahomes. The Buffalo Bills have played a close game, and then they lost the game to Miami. But, I, I mean, I think that they're still a great team. Like, they've had a very tough schedule to start the season, mm-hmm. and they're 3-1, and, and and their quarterback is playing phenomenal football. They came back from down in a game that was sloppy and horrible and raining. I mean, those those couple of teams – Stand out, And then there's other teams that I could see making some noise as they go forward. Like the Ravens have blown two 17-point leads. I don't think they're going to continue to do that. I, I think that they, that they will be better. I think Green Bay is going to be better. Um, San Francisco is a team that I think you should also keep an eye on because even though Jimmy Garoppolo does not wow anybody, look at the roster top to bottom. If he starts getting comfortable again, with that team um, I think they could be pretty dangerous and then of course if Tom Brady decides he's going to play the whole season which I think might be in question a little bit but I thought that Brady actually looked great against Kansas City and their defense just didn't do the job which sometimes happens against Kansas City but over the long run of the season uh, I think we could get to the end and, and look at Brady and say like okay well uh we all wrote them off at the beginning of the year but now they're, you know, whatever, 12 and 5 or something. So yeah, I think I think some teams are are starting to pull away and then there's a lot of questions still. Like even with Miami, like is Tua going to be healthy enough to come back and lead that team because I think they are good and uh, I would even give Dallas a lot of credit. I mean, they've got a backup quarterback in there and they are winning games and they're playing great. Their defense is phenomenal. Their their weapons are better than people expected. So I yeah, I think we're separating a little bit.
1: Talking to Matthew Kyla, Purple Insider here on the Lake Show News Talk eight three zero WCCO on the John Schuster Cole Banker Hotline. Um, how did you categorize what we watched on Sunday? Because when I looked at the Minnesota Vikings squeaking out of getting a victory over London and getting the record now three and one, man, outside of that Green Bay game, man, I just have not been impressed. But what what did you make of the game on Sunday?
2: It's really funny because you know last year the Vikings start one and three. And they have a fumble in overtime. They have a missed field goal. And and then that's it, right? And then they're one and three. And, you know, we're looking at them like, oh, oh," you know, here we go again. Everyone's getting fired. And they did. Uh, And this year, they've played essentially the same type of football. By the numbers, a lot of similarities. In fact, their offense was actually much better to begin the season last year than it has been so far this year. But still some of the same problems, still some of the, the really close games. They had one great game against Seattle at the beginning of last year. They had one great game against, um, you know, Green Bay this year. And so it's, it's really similar, but things have kind of gone their way. Um, but when you go, so normally you would say, all right, well, that's, that's kind of a problem because last year they missed the playoffs and, and, you know, what's the solution here? But then you look at the schedule and you go, oh, the solution is playing easy teams week after week after week for a long time. Um, and, And I think that's what the test is going to be here. Like, I don't think that they're a vastly better football team than they were the last two seasons, but I do think they can be more resilient. And I do think that they have more favorable circumstances, but if they don't start hitting the open wide receivers, when I watch back the tape, the number of receivers who were running open who didn't get the football was very concerning. And if that doesn't start happening, um, then we're then we're just going to go back and forth between, like, oh, a good win versus this team and a disappointing loss versus that team, and we're going to end up in the, in the same range of 8-9 to 10-7 and seven that they've been in recent years.
1: Yeah, I saw some of the people were kind of dissecting some of those plays, specifically the punt drop play which he clearly dropped the football which screwed up the you know that whole entire situation but there were other people that were running open and and Kirk you know looked to to go to the to the safe pass there what what what, what do you make of of Cousins first four games is it just same old Kirk Cousins is there any regression at all in your mind or how do you view his first uh quarter of the season
2: yeah, and that's funny because the, I saw people arguing about that play. There's no argument about it. Kirk Cousins said himself and Kevin O'Connell both said that he needed to stick with the read longer and go to Adam Thielen in the end zone. So, you know, even the, even those guys all week, they've been saying, Adam Thielen today, Kirk Cousins the other day, there are receivers open that haven't gotten the ball because we're not yet fully on the same page. Like They have acknowledged this. And the question is, when will you be? Like, you're, you're four weeks into the season. And I, and I I looked at this a while back, that the beginning of seasons, unless they're really a, a tragic beginning, I mean, that usually uh, it's not that predictive. Like, the two and two teams and stuff, they could all go one way or the other. But in the second and third quarters of the season, they're much more predictive of who you're going to be. So in this next quarter of the season, that's when we're going to find out, okay, can they figure out this Kevin O'Connell offense? And can they all get on the same page here or not? Because even on the interception, it looks like Irv Smith thought he was supposed to run a go ball and Kirk Cousins thought he was supposed to run a comeback and Cousins hesitated to get the ball out of his hands. Like, we're just seeing a lot of that. And then here comes Justin Jefferson at the end to bail them out. They get a flag that bails them out. They get a double doink that bails them out. Like They should have lost that football game. They they blew a 16-7 to lead and uh, to a backup quarterback with backup receivers. I mean – it it really was was not a well-played game for them. And I think that that's going to be really the determining factor is, will we see Kevin O'Connell adjust some things, or will he say, you guys figure it out, this offense works, which on tape it looks like it should be working better. Are they going to get you K.J. Know, Osborne the football? Um, is Herb Smith going to you know, get it together here in the second quarter of the season after missing so much football? Are they going to be able to run the ball better and more consistent than they have and get a couple of explosive plays there? I think there's, there's a lot of questions. And then I just think the defense is not going to be good. Um, they're going to face some easy quarterbacks here, and that's going to help. But if this team is going anywhere, it's entirely based on can they get the most out of everything on offense.
1: What concerns you about the Chicago Bears, if anything?
2: Yeah, oh, wow. I mean, let's look, at, let's look at some Bears-Vikings history. I mean, there's always reason to be concerned about the Chicago Bears. The Chicago Bears once beat the Vikings with Chad Hutchinson as their quarterback in a year that they threw nine touchdown passes as a team, and three of them came in that win against the Vikings. You should always be concerned about the Bears. Uh, I think that there's, there's two things. There's the Bears' running game, which has been pretty darn effective. And I, I don't know if David Montgomery's going to play or not, but it's been pretty darn effective. And the Vikings have not stopped the run. And that's actually what got New Orleans going last week was Latavius Murray came in the game and started ripping off chunks on the ground. If that, if that happens and they can control the ball and keep Justin Jefferson on the sideline, uh, we've seen other teams do that. We saw Cleveland do that to them last year. So they're still having those same problems. The other thing is that Matt Eberflus, I believe, really knows what he's doing as a defensive mind. They don't have a lot of talent, but when the Vikings played the Indianapolis Colts in 2020, uh, Kirk Cousins had some kind of miserable day against the Matt Eberflus defense. I think he knows how to coach that defense really well, and it's not, it's not like other teams have ripped them up. Like, the Packers didn't really shred them, and uh, the Giants, uh, you know, the Giants had some injuries, but um, you know they've they've played. Decently on defense, considering that they're always out on the field because their offense is so poor. So it's always possible. And then there's just the element of they're coming back from London, and everyone is going to tell you, oh, we're fine, but they chose not to take the bye week, and we're going to see how that plays out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, no, that's the interesting thing there. So what do you think happens on Sunday? You think the, uh, I don't to say easy win for the Vikings, but do you think that they win this comfortably?
2: Um, as long as you don't tweet this out after I say it, if I'm wrong, uh, I think the Vikings should beat their faces in. I mean, I think that this is a really, really bad team uh, with a quarterback that I'm getting close to being ready to call it. Like, is this just maybe another Sam Darnold situation? Like you shouldn't be completing 50% of your passes through four games. You you shouldn't have your coaching staff having you throw the ball 11 times a game or whatever. Like, this is just ridiculous. Um, Their, their quarterback situation um and, and they i don't think they have a defense to stop what the vikings have in terms of weapons so it should be like 27 to 10 um whether that happens who knows you never know with the bears but that's what should happen
1: i think that i think that chris is all over that he's tweeting it right now matthew Collar says that
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> beat their faces again. beat their
1: faces in that's that's what he just that's,
2: said that, that's the expectation that's the expectation how that's many exclamation points do you want after that matthew uh, six. Six exclamation points. Got it.
1: Hey, real quick before I let you go, what was this what was this yesterday with um well I saw that Joe Nelson from Bring Me The News took a shot at you about a picture and then Paul weighed in. Like what's going on there?
2: I don't know. I think that uh I think that maybe uh Paul doesn't understand how easy I can beat him up. Um, that's one thing. So there is, are, wait,
1: wait. are you threatening violence on my coworker? No, you're not. Cause we're not here for that. Bro, bro, it just bro. Hey, do I, I have I, to get involved? Now I'm involved. It's an HR issue. Now I'm involved. And now I got to, I got to have the North side come roll with me to Matthew Kyler's house.
2: No, I'm just, I'm just telling Paul you know, you mess around, you find out. Right. So, I mean, if he's going to make fun of, uh, you know, I got a haircut. And so the hair, you know when the hair is short it shows a lot of the dome okay and I'm not exactly Fraser Crane but I kind of have a big head so they were making fun of it but I just want to remind Paul that he weighs like 150 pounds okay so it's just a just a reminder
1: hey 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 hey, hey. look I, I know that I know that we're we're, we're you know you guys have a have a relationship, but man, he's that's my colleague, man. I can't have you talking like that to him on my show, man. I mean I might just but, have to pull I might it? just have to pull up on you too.
2: <laughs> but isn't it amazing? <laughs> that, you know, people but people on social media, you know, they, they want to talk all this. They want to talk tough. But do they ever come to your face? Right?
1: That's the thing. <laughs> that's hilarious. Hey Matthew man, good stuff as always, my friend.